1: Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth, I'm Doug Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at All Wealth Within, and today I wanted to t- talk a bit about portfolio construction. I'm, I'm on the road and um, visiting staff and, and doing some other work-related things, and I was doing a bit of a drive, um, and I'm staying at some B&Bs and some lovely hotels, and what brought me onto this subject is I spent some time with, um, in a really lovely B&B, with some, and there are another couple there and they were investing in stocks and shares and when they found out what i do they just started asking questions and i was happy to to help them out and answer questions but um i'll share a little bit about the story with that and bring it around port quality of construction because what i found is you know with the strange stock market booming over the last couple of months people are sort of um, more and more confident um, than than they have been for quite a while about investing in shares, and but are they really constructing winning portfolios? And for those of you who you know been watching our YouTube channel and you're seeing our live show, you can see some of the stocks that people are looking at and. It really does surprise me how, how people do their portfolio construction so I thought let's just handle that now and especially after chatting with that couple now a lovely couple both of them have degrees you know they're both in their 40s or 50s or early 50s late 40s or mid to late 40s so they've been around for a while as I said uh, one of them studying a PhD uh, and lovely couple and really had a good um, chat with them um, one of them's in the health industry one's in IT now To me, you know, the truth is anyone can build their own share portfolio and get good returns without too much knowledge or risk. But how much knowledge do you need to understand and what is risk? Because the key to being successful is to practice good portfolio management. And my question is, well, how do we actually do that? And so that's what I'm going to go try and answer in this podcast. But I'm going to break it into two podcasts. Um, and uh, as I said, I'm recording this in a lovely hotel room. So if you hear a couple of strange noises, you know why. Um, but what I'm about to discuss with you is a practical framework that will allow you to not only construct a profitable portfolio, but ensure you only select stocks for your portfolio that have a higher chance of being consistently profitable. So, how about we get started in that? Now, there are two critical areas you need to consider when constructing a portfolio. And one of those is managing your risk, and the second one is money management. Now, to explain both of those areas in detail would pretty much take a lot more than uh, this presentation or this podcast, especially one sitting in a hotel room, but however, I will share with you the most important aspects that you can implement right now to help you in your portfolio construction. So, let's get into the first part, managing your risk. Now, we've all heard that we need to diversify in order to reduce our risk, but do you actually understand diversification in its true sense? Now I'm not saying that you don't understand what diversification is, because most people understand what the word is. Diversification, spread your risk, that's what people think. But what is spreading your risk? What are the details underneath that? What are the components you need to do to do that properly? That's what I'm suggesting most investors don't understand. But we're told we need to diversify our risk. Now, according to financial, the financial services industry, you can achieve lower cost, greater diversification, and reduce your risk by investing in something like a managed fund than if you invested directly yourself. More nowadays, it's ETFs. You know, we're talking about investing index ETFs, and it constantly comes up in my YouTube uh, the people asking me about index ETFs. But in my experience, you know, managed funds hold, you know, 100 plus stocks in their portfolio because they're trying to mirror or match an index. Now, when you're holding multiple, you know, 100 different stocks, all you're doing is you're increasing transaction and other costs, but you're also increasing the risk of the portfolio. Now, I'm not against exchange traded funds. And for those of you who have been watching my YouTube, you'll see that I talk about these regularly because they do come up. Anybody who's investing in an index ETF on any index is not looking after their money because indexes are very top heavy for example in the Australian stock market around and very very loosely around half of the market capitalization is the top 20 odd stocks so if the market's moving up or down it's these stocks so therefore you're better off just looking in those stocks and not doing an index ETF because most investors that I ask want to outperform the market but every time I research index ETFs, they don't do that, they just underperform the market because that's the nature of the beast. Somebody has to run the index ETF and they will charge fees and those fees will come out of the, of the ETF. So therefore they can't physically match the index as what they're trying to do. So over diversification will dilute your investment returns and condemn you to investing mediocrity. That's why these funds can't beat the index over a 10 year period. They just can't do that. They can't even do it over a shorter period on the index investing. So whilst it's true diversification actually reduces your risk. A portfolio of shares that is over diversified really is exposed exclusively to market risk. And market risk cannot be eliminated by diversification. I'll get into that in a second. This lady that I met is studying for a PhD and had been investing multiple, multiple shares. I think she mentioned she had somewhere 30 plus, 30 to 40 type of shares. And I said, well, how are you going with that? She said, not very well. And interestingly, she wasn't buying high quality shares. What she was doing was going around looking at different information, reading all these different reports, uh, getting um I won't say hints and tips from everybody, but you get the point. It's pretty much um, a very shotgunish approach to getting information. Now, this person is in the health industry, and I said, if somebody walked into your practice and they'd been on Dr. Google, uh, would you allow them to tell you what's wrong with them and how to fix them? She said, well, no. And I said, well, isn't that what you're doing? You're going out to everywhere to try and find out what stocks to buy. Now, her validation or justification for doing what she did was she said, well, I don't invest much in many shares and whatever I invest, I can afford to lose. So, And I think, well, that's great. But she's being smart about it in that sense is because all too often I see people investing money in things that they don't understand are money that they can't afford to lose. And I've seen that a lot over the last couple of months. People investing in stocks, uh, well, not even just the last couple of months, the last couple of years. And then they fall away and we've had a lot of people coming to us um, on their YouTube channel saying, oh, I've lost a lot of money on this stock. What do I do now? Do I hold it? Do I sell it? And that's what I mean by a lot of people speculating in what they're doing. But let's get back to diversification. An investor who chooses to invest in a particular market is exposed to the risk inherent in that market, such as the economic influences, could be political influences, it could be um, inflation interest rates, it could be um, whatever affects that market as a whole, for example, whatever affects the stock market. Will, is market risk whatever affects the property market is market risk. So when when you buy a property, you take on market the stock uh, property market risk in that market. When you buy stocks, you take on stock market risk. The more properties you have, or the more stocks you have, the more market risk you have. Therefore, market risk, risk remains regardless to the degree of the diversification of the portfolio. The more you buy in a market, the more market risk you have. But as an investor, you must also contend with something that's called specific risk. And this refers to the risk inherent in the company or particular events um, that influence specific securities. Therefore, your total risk is the sum of the market risk and specific risk of your individual positions. Now, for example, if I take on by BHP and put all my money in BHP, my market risk is 100%. Sorry, my specific risk is 100% because if BHP went broke and got wiped off the stock exchange all my money is in that so my risk is 100% but what I can actually do is buy two stocks or diversify into two stocks and let's say I buy a national bank and split my money into each now my specific risk is dropped in half because BHP has gone from 100% to 50% so it's a big jump by buying a second stock of half my risk on any one stock going broke. If I buy five, now all my risk has dropped from 50% to 20% across each stock. If any one of those stocks went broke all my specific risk on each one of those stocks is 20%. If one went broke, I lose 20%, not 50% then. If I buy 10 stocks, now my specific risk across each one of those stocks is now 10%. So it's halved again. But you can see how the jump gets smaller and smaller. The first jump was two stocks. It went from 100 to 50, so there's 50% reduction. The next one was five stocks. It went from 50% to 20%. That's a 30% reduction. And then from 20% in the five stocks to 10 stocks and having 10%, it halves. But the drop was only 10% in reality. So the more you get, the smaller the benefit is of reducing specific risk. But so therefore, there's a point where it flatlines. You still have specific risk, but taking on more stocks a past, past a, a, a point is really almost flatlining your specific risk because the incremental changes or drops in your specific risk get so minimal, it's not worth taking on extra stocks. So your specific risk is very high with you invest in one stock, but the more your portfolio is diversified, the less specific risk you have. So that begs the question, how many stocks do you need to hold as an individual to achieve maximum diversification and minimum risk? Well, basically, it's roughly between five and 12 stocks in your portfolio. And this is proven, um, statistically proven. If you're a trader and you're managing specific risk, and you've got rules around that and your knowledge and experience, I don't mind you being around five stocks. If you're more of a a retail, or um, or if you're an investor, eight to twelve stocks. If you're more of a beginner trader or a retail trader that doesn't have a high level of knowledge, eight to twelve stocks. If you're a good quality trader, sorry, a good educated and experienced trader, five stocks is okay, okay? As a trader you're looking to achieve higher above average returns and to achieve this share, invariably you invariably need to take on a higher level of volatility to outperform the market. You need to have a portfolio that you're not restricting the upside on and you're managing the downside to ret- reduce your volatility. Therefore the smaller number of shares say 5 to 8 to actively manage that specific risk and that's really what you're doing. So as a trader it's more like that 5 to 8, investors more 8 to 12. So if you're an investor, as I said, you don't, you don't really have the time to manage a specific risk. And so then holding a portfolio between eight and shares will enable you to reduce your volatility without really dramatically reducing your returns. Now, whilst it'll also keep your cost of holding the portfolio to a minimum, now that's got to be a good idea, mm-hmm. doesn't it? So increasing your holdings beyond 12 stocks though exposes your portfolio to more and more market risk because every time you buy stocks, you buy or buy more property, you're taking on more and more market risk and as we talked about, that can't be eliminated by diversification. Now now this is supported by the absolute truckload of investors who have been questioning the conventional wisdom of over-diversification, preferring to invest in concentrated portfolios. Basically what I'm saying is our students over the last sort of 18 years constantly get better returns than the market because they've got concentrated portfolios. People like the lady that I mentioned who's got, as I said, roughly more than 30 stocks, 30 to 40 stocks is not doing very well and most people that are more investors, buy and hold that have portfolios of 20, 30 stocks they're getting very, very average returns. Now I'm going to leave this part of the, or part one of this podcast, right here, and I'll get back to you on part two. But you've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gill, and the chief analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.